Beautiful. Hello, everybody. You guys ready for a great day or what? Man, I am fired up. Wait, we have a creed. If you're here for the first time, again, we love you already. We are in your corner. You don't have to prove yourself to us. We like you exactly how you are. And we're going to trust God to change and transform you to who he's called you to be. So we're glad you're here and on this journey. We, uh, we say a creed every week here. It gives you a snapshot of what we believe and what we're about as a church. So we're going to put the words on the screen. I want all of us uh, to say it together on the count of three. Y'all ready? Oh, boy. You ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. Yeah, that's our creed. You can clap your hands. Hey, while you're clapping your hands, let's welcome our Frisco family. Come on. Hello, Frisco. We love you so very much. Obviously online, family, we love you too. Excited about today. Apologize about my sweater, okay? My wife put me in this. She told me it was fresh. I said I look like Snuffleupagus or it's, I don't even know what it looks like online right now, family. Matter of fact, we got a grandma that watches from uh, Detroit every week. Uh, her name, I think it's Rosie or something like that. Am I getting that right? I can't remember her name. Is it Rosie? Is that Rosie? So hello, Rosie. We love you so much. We love, we love grandmas. And those of you who have grandmas and they think you're in church every week, just bring them and I'll tell them you've been in church every week. But if you haven't been, I'm not lying for you, Okay. But I'm really excited about today and what God has in store uh, for all of us. Welcome again to Shoreline City. If you have your Bibles, why don't you open up with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 6. The Gospel of John, chapter 6. Everyone in Frisco online, grab your Bibles here at this campus. I don't even know what we're calling this campus yet. We've been talking about like Walnut Hill. Dallas. It's not White Rock anymore because we kind of moved from White Rock. So I don't know. Maybe we're going to do a poll at some point in time. Uh, but John chapter 6. I uh, see my man Andy in the back back there. Andy, I see I beat Andy in basketball yesterday. Bad. Multiple games. Multiple games. He was sitting a lot yesterday. <laughs> Felt so good because every time we play against him, he's always beating me. But I had a squad yesterday, y'all. I had a squad. I was the old guy in the squad, but I don't care. I don't care. Uh, John chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1. It says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Verse number four, the Jewish Passover, the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now let me pause here for just a second. We're about to walk through a passage of Scripture that actually shows up in all four Gospels. Now, not all the miracles of Jesus show up in all four Gospels, but this one does. 
uh, I was praying about why is that. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar uh, with the story, this is what some would call the feeding of the 5,000. But it's not really just a feeding of 5,000 because 5,000 are just the men that are there. They, some theologians would say there would be something like 15,000 people present here with the men, the women, and the children. So this is a massive group of people, and, and they are all coming to Jesus because they've been hearing about him working so many miracles. And they've been hearing about him working all these miracles, and they're coming towards him. And then he turns to one of his disciples and says, hey, we, I want to feed all these people. And he says this to, to test Philip. But why, why would this show up? Why would this miracle show up in all the Gospels? I don't know if I can give a definitive answer. But one of the reasons I think it shows up is this is a picture of what it can feel like to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, that as you and I live our lives of faith, we are faced all the time with situations that are bigger than us. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this sickness, how I'm going to get through this marriage difficulty how I'm going to deal with this job, how I'm going to deal with the economy, how I'm going to deal with what's going on in my own body, what's going on in my family. We're faced with situations that are so much bigger than us all the time. And then we look at what we have in our hands, and many times it does not seem like enough. Now, if you always have more than enough, you're lying. It's not the way it is. As a matter of fact, even if you've lived a life where you've had maybe a lot of financial prosperity, but then you enter into a relationship with somebody, you realize rather quickly that you're at, you don't have it all together. That person is placing demands on you that you're not even sure that you can meet. And you're like, I want this person to be my spouse, but I'm not sure if I can be the man that she needs me to be in the relationship. You can feel like there's a lack on the inside of you. So whether you've been, uh, you've had a lot in one area, but then you're put in another situation where you have a little, all of us are faced with scenarios where we have lack, and then we have to figure out where will we get our needs met? Are we going to meet them? Or do we recognize that we have a risen king, a savior that is right there with us, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or even imagine? So I don't know if this is the only, a matter of fact, I'm sure this is not the only reason, but I think it's a partial reason. This shows up, so if you're in a scenario right now where you feel like, I don't know if I have enough, you're in good company, because we're about to walk through this scripture, and I think God is going to begin to open our eyes and freshen a new way so that we can live these lives of faith for his glory. Okay, go with me again. Let's begin to, let's begin to unwrap this. Uh, verse number five, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I'm go I wrote this down as I was studying. The question is a compliment. The question is a compliment. He says to Philip, where are we going to find bread for all these people to eat? I like that the Bible is so specific that it gives a name. Calls to one of the apostles, one of his disciples. He says, hey, Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? And he's not saying this so he can shame Philip. He's saying this so he can pull something out of Philip. 
So if you're in a situation right now where there's a lot of questions around you, stop asking God so many questions. And instead, I want you to see that the questions are actually a compliment that God is saying there's more on the inside of you than you really even realize is on the inside of you. Uh, some people would say it like this, and maybe you've heard it in sports terms. Pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. Like when you have the opportunity to have pressure on you, that's a privilege. So many of us are complaining about the pressure. Do you know how many people would like to have pressure on them? That means there's a demand being placed on their lives. So if you have no pressure, then you're not living in the privilege of a pr of pressure. I want you to know that God has put more on the inside of you than you even realize is there. And he puts you in situations to pull out of you what he put there in the first place. You would not know it was there if you didn't have the question. You would not know it was there if you didn't have the struggle. You, did not know, you would not know you have the faith that you have if you were not put in a position where you had to trust God with that level of faith. So why are you in the spot you're in right now? Yeah, it could be because of sin. And yeah, it could just be because of life. But it also could be because God has put you in a spot to say, son or daughter, there is more in you than you think that is in you. And I want to place a demand on it. The question is a compliment. Philip could have felt, well, why are you asking me? Why are you asking me? I'm asking you because I know what's in you. I'm asking you because I know I fashioned you and formed you in your mother's womb. I know what I put on the inside of you. Have you been listening to me? Have you been following me? Have you seen the other miracles that I have done? Or are you just compartmentalizing your life so much that all those other things are just another thing and you don't see how what I did in the past is connected to what I can do right now? The question is a compliment. Keep on going with me here, okay? We're just walking through the Bible. It's going to walk through the Bible here. Verse number seven, Philip answered him. Well, remember, verse number six, he already had in mind what he was going to do. Real quick. He already had in mind what he was going to do. I want you to know that God already has in mind what he's going to do. He already has in mind what he is going to do. How come I'm not married yet? I'm at the end of the year. He, he already has in mind what he is going to do. Come on, somebody better grab a hold of that one. You're like, yes, Lord. What is it, Lord? Because this doesn't feel like a compliment. This, this pressure does not feel like a privilege. <laughs> I'm getting mad. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting upset. You can handle it. You can handle it. Not because you're awesome. It's because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can handle it. I'm not talking like self-help here, like you're just awesome. No, when you and I give our lives and hearts over to Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives on the inside of us so you can handle more than you think you can handle. Okay, verse number seven. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Huh. It would take more than a year's wages. So Philip here, he can do good math. But he can't do God math. Okay? Good math, he goes, hey, I'm looking at all these people. 15,000 people. It would take more than a year's wages. I can add this up. Oh, I can add this up. We don't have enough money for this. He can do good math. 
but not God math. Because good math does not always equal God math. <laughs> Uh, my wife uh, is brilliant, okay? She's brilliant. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she puts me in crazy sweaters. She's brilliant. She's, a, she's an artist. I am her canvas, okay? And she just paints, okay? But my wife also does this thing. I heard it has a term. It's called girl math. Okay? So this is where, you know, we budget, right? We budget. That means the amount of money you have coming in, you tell that money where to go, and you can't be spending more money than you bring in. Okay? <laughs> so so we, we, we got our budget numbers, and I, Onika says things to me like, oh, 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 honey, honey, honey. I sold that pair of shoes for... For $50. But I have a shirt I haven't worn that's worth $100. And I'm planning on selling that shirt, but then I'm also returning this, but then I'm also exchanging that. And when I exchange that, and then you divide it by what I bought this for, and then you multiply by what we did five years ago, Earl, we're ahead. I'm like... I'm trying to add it up. <laughs> it's not making any sense to me whatsoever. So <laughs> that's girl math. I think God math might be in the same vein sometimes <laughs> as girl math. <laughs> it doesn't quite add up. But somehow at the end of the day, I'm wearing a crazy sweater and we had enough money to pay for it. I don't know how it happened, but somehow, some way, the need gets met. I don't know how it happens, but somehow, some way, a door gets opened, and before I know it, I've got food on my table, and I wasn't sure how I was going to pay my bills. I don't know how it happened, but I was, I was in debt last year, but now somehow I'm ahead this year, and I'm looking at my bank account, and I don't know how God did it, but God math does not always equal good math. It does not make sense sometimes that I'm going to give 10% and then somehow by giving 10%, I'm putting myself in a position to get more than I gave in the first place. I don't know how it makes sense. I just know. I can add. And sometimes when I add it up, it doesn't work on paper. But then in life, I'm blown away time and time and time again. And it's not even just money, y'all. Because you look at your life and your friendships and your relationships and you realize, man, I am further along than I ever thought I could possibly be. This is God math. Keep on walking with me here. Uh, I think we're in verse number seven. Go to verse number eight. Another of, of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Verse number nine. He says, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Legitimate question, right? Wouldn't we all say that's a legitimate question? 
Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will they go among so many? I've got five barley loaves and two fish. And I've got 15,000 people to feed. It's impossible. You can't do it. I've got a broken family on one side, a broken family on another side. And I got you and I wanting to become husband and wife. And how are we going to feed another generation when we're coming from lack in the, in the beginning? This does not add up. Your parents were divorced. My parents were divorced. But now we're coming together and we're supposed to start a new legacy and we don't even have what we need. Five barley loaves and two small fish. Verse number 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Okay. They, uh, they had five loaves, two fish. But if you put, put verse number, was it verse number 11? Put verse number, no, 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 no. Verse number 10. Put verse number 10 back up on there. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. So there's plenty of grass for people to sit but there's not enough resources to feed the people, even though there's plenty of grass. Have you ever had plenty of one thing, but not enough of another thing? And the plenty that you need is connected to what you don't have, so it doesn't quite add up like this. You can have plenty of vision to start the company, but you don't have enough funding to start the company. You can have plenty of education, but not have plenty of opportunity. You can have plenty of hope, but you also might not have enough friends to believe God with you for a miracle. You can have plenty of purpose in your life. But when you look over here, you don't feel like you have enough people connected in your life to help you get to where God is calling you to go. I got plenty of this, but I don't have enough of that. So what am I going to do? And I like that the text here says, have the people sit down. That jumped off the page at me. Have the people sit down. Have the people sit down. Have the people sit down. And I was thinking, uh, when you go to a doctor's office, I want to give a shout out to all the doctors and nurses. We appreciate all of y'all so much. Thank you for being who you are, being on the front line. Shoot, even if you're still a doctor or nurse, if you came through COVID, thank you so, so much, because that was a very intense and difficult time. So we appreciate you so much. Um, it would help us, though, unlike when we're in the waiting room and uh, like our appointment is like at 1230 and like we got a lunch break but we're having our doctor's appointment that if we could maybe go back on time 
it would just help us, okay? Now, I know there's a lot of other really important things going on back there that we know nothing about. It's like behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, and y'all are back there doing a whole bunch of stuff. But it would help us if we kind of get in, <laughs> get out, so we can go back to work. Because us just sitting there for a long time and get a little frustrated. Y'all ever been in the doctor's office and you see people that you got there before them? And they're just getting up. And they just keep person after person. I sometimes want to change my name. I'm, I'm waiting to see what name. Barbara Sanders. I'm like, that's me. Just take me back. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait here any longer. I, I, I've, got, I've got to get back there. You can sit in a place of frustration, but you can also sit with expectation. I'm wondering, how are you sitting in the season that God has you in right now? Are you sitting in frustration or are you sitting in expectation? Because you actually get to choose this. Now, I can blame the doctor and be like, oh, I can't believe the doctor. I can't believe him or her. I, they're not respecting my time. I can do that. Or instead, I could say, man, I believe that that doctor has some other things going on that are really, really important right now. Let me go ahead and send some text messages to some people I care about. And let me, I can just sit with a different posture. And I just feel like so many times we are wasting energy that God does not want us to waste because we are sitting in frustration rather than sitting in expectation so I was wondering I have my doctor's appointment just like you and I can leave anytime I want to I can get up I can go I don't have to wait and so can't you in your walk with God you can get up God you call me to this it's too hard God you call me to this and you're not providing the way I thought you're going to provide in the time I thought you're going to provide I'm done. You can walk away. You actually have that choice. I, I, this might be too real for some of y'all. Uh, during COVID, I had that choice. Because y'all acting crazy. <laughs> Church over here. Oh, he said this. He must mean that. He said this. He must mean that. You Republican. You Democrat. What do you tell me? Wait. Y'all tried to kill a brother, okay? <laughs> tried to take me right out. Because we all love that we got a diverse church right now. It's like, oh, look, it looks like heaven until, until it's time to vote. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you voted like that. I didn't know you voted like that. Y'all, just I'm just telling you, okay? There's another election coming. This election is not going to tear us apart as a church, okay? We are lifting up the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus alone. He gets the final say in all of our lives. Vote for whomever you want to vote for, okay? Some of y'all even hear that. You can't vote for Yes, you can. Who you vote for does not have anything to do with your salvation. Some of y'all... It's true. It's true. 
And you can spin whatever party you want to spin to say, oh, they're for the poor, or they're for this, or they're for... You can spin it however you want to spin it. But at the end of the day, Jesus is not going to say, are you a Republican or you're a Democrat? He's not asking if you're an independent, and he's sure not asking if you're part of the Green Party, because who is? <laughs> God bless you if you're part of the Green Party, too. We, we welcome you here. We welcome you. All are welcome. <laughs> he's not asking that question. Would you do with the finished work, my finished work on the cross? That's what he wants to know. Did you receive my salvation for your life or were you trying to get to God by yourself? Because you can't get to God by yourself. You can only get to God by my finished work on the cross. It's my death, burial, and resurrection that made you right. And who you voted for will not be on the question questionnaire on whether or not you get to heaven. So unfold your arms. Come on, come on, breathe. Breathe. Some of y'all like, oh, I don't... It's true, but I don't like it. <laughs> okay, I forgot where I was. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, y'all tried to make me quit. Okay, so... <laughs> you can uh, put, put, put this on the screen. I got a little would you rather for you. A little would you rather. Would you rather... Would you rather... Obey and be frustrated or be happy in disobedience? I can't answer this for you. I can't answer this for you. Would you rather? I love a good would you rather. Come on, you, you have to answer this question because some of you are like, I'd rather be happy in disobedience. It leads to death. It does not lead to life. And the happiness is temporary. So would you rather? Would you rather be frustrated in obedience or happy and disobedience because the enemy will trick you oh my goodness he will trick you he'll trick you to make you try to think that this happiness that you're feeling in disobedience is exactly how it's always going to be it's always going to be like this little do you know the end of it is destruction and pain and loss and brokenness that's where it ends Let's keep on going here, okay? Keep on going. This too much for y'all? This too much? So look verse 11. Look at verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves and he gave thanks and he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Jesus took the loaves so he takes what's not enough and watch this. He gives thanks for what is not enough. He does not complain to God. He gives thanks to God for what is not enough. What do you and I do when we don't have enough? Now, we feel, we feel kind of justified to complain, right? Because this is a complaining generation. Duh. That's what we do. We feel like we have a right to have an opinion on everybody's life. Oh, they're an idiot. Oh, they're stupid. Oh, they're dumb. Oh, and I can't believe. And, and we, have all, we spend all this time looking at everybody else's life. I wonder if you had the opportunity to have your whole life on front street. 
how you spend your money, where you go, how you pray, your spiritual life. If all of that was in front for everybody to see, would you like everybody commenting on every single thing you do? You'd be like, y'all, handle your own business. Get out of my business. And I just want to say, let's stop all the complaining because it's sucking the life out of us. Instead, saying, God, I don't have what I need right now, but I'm going to thank you that I even have a mouth to think about complaining with. I thank you that I even have a brain that can think for me to be frustrated. I thank you that you woke me up this morning and I didn't kind of want to wake up, but you gave me another day, so I'm going to trust you anyway in the midst of it all. Now, go, go, keep, go, look at this verse 11. Keep looking at this. This, this, this jumped off the page at me, okay? He, he takes the loaves, he gives thanks. He gives thanks for what's not enough. So you and I can do that. He's teaching us to give thanks for what's not enough. Then he distributed to those who were seated as much as they, what's the word? Okay. This one got me. Not as much as they needed. As much as they wanted. Now, there's some crazy extremes. There's some people that can be on some weird, crazy, like some people call it like prosperity gospel. That's kind of all the way over there, yeah. not down there, okay? Yeah. But then we decided to swing the pendulum this other direction. We said, you know what? Scarcity. That's the theology we want to have. And I don't think God is like trying to live in either one of these. I just think he's bigger than all of it. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There is in the Lord's Prayer a daily bread. Lord, just keep a daily bread, daily bread, daily bread. It's, it's like manna in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a little illusion back then. They just had daily bread. They didn't have more than enough. They just had enough for that day. That's all they had. They had enough for that day. day. So there is theology and there is Bible without a doubt to be like, I just got what I need for today. It's just today. Dang, Lord, I want to have more, but I just got enough for today. It's just enough for today. It's just enough for today. But then there are moments that we can see right here that it's not just what I need for today. God is saying, what do you want? So now I'm going to meet you at your level of expectation. I'm not just going to meet you at your level of need. I'm going to meet you at your level of expectation. A friend of mine one time, uh, his kids uh, got all A's. And he went to his kids and he said, I'll give you whatever you want. And they said, we want ice cream. They didn't know that he was willing to give them Disney. So they asked for ice cream, but their dad was actually willing to provide for them a trip to Disney. I just wonder, what type of mindset do you have with God? We go, well, I don't want to offend God, so let me go ahead and ask for something really, really small so we can know I'm not greedy. And he's like, I'm not concerned about whether or not you're greedy. In this moment, as a father, I just want to give you more than enough. What is it you want for your marriage? What is it you want for your kids? What is it you want for your future? What is it you want for the ministry I've given you? What is it you want for your nation? What is it you want for your mind? What is it you want for your soul? What is it 
you want for your business? What is it you want for your community? Because right now I'll meet you at the level of your expectation. And I was just praying that this would be a season that God would take us into. Hey, what do you want? What is it you want from me? Because it's not just for me to eat. I want to feed my family too. He did the same with the fish. Give as much as what they wanted. Now, some of y'all, um, you grew up with a lot, so you have an entitlement issue. Okay? Let the Holy Spirit work on your entitlement issue. He wants to do that. Some of y'all didn't grow up with enough, so the Holy Spirit wants to work on your scarcity mindset. Wherever you are, just let the Holy Spirit work on you. And don't try to shame people that are in a different season than you are right now. So God might be saying to you, hey, you've, you've had bread, you've had fish, and why don't you ask for seconds? Ask him. Well, what if he says no? Then just thank him for what he's already given you. That's good. Thank you for what I have, God. I'm not asking you like you owe me something. I'm asking you because you're my father. You see, you see, we complicate stuff all the time. Well, I don't want to ask because if I ask, and then God's going to think. And then, and we make things so complicated all the time. Just chill out. God, can I have another? I'm glad you asked because I had it waiting for you. So, so now, verse 12, when they all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. You're telling me we went from not enough to extra? I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how God does it. But I know Frisco online, I know in this room right now, there's so many of us, I, I could give this microphone, we could be here all day where people go, I did not have enough at the beginning of the year, and I didn't think I was going to make it to the end of the year, and somehow I'm still here at the end of this year, and I'm just so thankful for the grace of Almighty God in my life. That is the testimony of so many of us. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, yep, he's that dude. <laughs> Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Now this is without a doubt for every area of our life, but we also have been uh, kind of in a specific time, we talked a little bit about this at Frisco and online and here a little bit earlier about just even this season for us as a church. You know, Eric uh, here, Frisco, he was joking about, uh, oh, give because you can get your tax write-off. And I, I totally, totally understand that. Um, but I know so many people have been preparing their end-of-the-year gift to be a part of this heaven to earth season. I know my family, we've been praying about what part did God want us to play. I know so many of you have been praying. And if you're like, oh, I haven't been praying at all. Well, no shame. Pray. <laughs> and ask God what you're supposed to do. Now, if you're not a part of this church family, you can pray, but you don't have to. 
But everybody who is a part of it, I fully expect all of us to say, God, what is it you put in my hands, like this little boy, that you want me to give, that I might not think is enough? And the grace of God will meet every single one of us. And he will multiply, not just in our own lives, but I'm believing in the community and the world at large as well. Because what this little boy did not realize, or maybe he did, is that his small gift was actually going to feed, encourage, and even inspire generations down the line. Can I tell you that there is a generational impact to what you give, not even just financially, but even to your prayers and to the faith that you sow? Let's see God do something that blows our mind. So at Frisco, and even in this room, I know we have like uh, prayer cards. You need a miracle? You're lacking something? I want you to write it down. Write it down. Because we're going to believe that God's going to meet you exactly where you are. And there's others of us that it's like, no, there's been a number that's been dropping in our hearts that we're supposed to give, a financial number. Well, write that down too. Because in just a moment, we're going to pass all these buckets around and pass these bu bu buckets by. And as we, as we pass them down, Frisco and here, online, there's no buckets. <laughs> you have to give online or fill out your prayer request card online. But as we pass this, we're just saying, God, I trust you. Even when it's not enough, I give you thanks anyway. Frisco, bow your head. I just want to pray over all of us real quick. Ben, Pastor Ben, I'm going to invite you up right after this prayer. Father, thank you for this moment, for this time, for this season. Thank you for what you're doing. I know there's massive prayer requests in every heart and mind here, and we thank you that you're big enough and strong enough to handle them all. For those of us who are, might be single or maybe even couples right now that are saying, hey, it's time for us to give a gift. And it might be $50. It might be $1,000. Who knows what the number might be. But God, just speak clearly to our hearts. We just ask that you complete the good work that you started. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can pass those buckets down. And as they begin uh, to pass them, uh, Bye-bye, Frisco. Love you all so much. Uh, as they begin to pass them, and we're just about to be dismissed here in, in just a moment, uh, I did want to remind you guys real quick, this is important about New Year's Eve, real quick. We're not having church on Sunday morning, okay? So if you come on Sunday morning, you'll be the only one in the building, okay? Online, you'll be the only one. Well, we'll have something online. We'll have something online. That's right. So we'll have something online in the morning. It'll just be online. At night... 10 o'clock at night, and I'm not joking. I was not down for this, but we have so many young people on our staff that were like, let's do 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what about sleeping? And we'll sleep in heaven. So now I'm fired up that we're gonna take some time out from 10 to midnight. We're gonna, we're gonna baptize people. We're gonna have communion together. We're gonna worship with all of our hearts and we're gonna see God work a miracle. Hey, why don't y'all stand to your feet right now if you wouldn't mind.